WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, Lulu here. Whether we are romping through science, music, politics, technology, or feelings, we seek to leave you seeing the world anew. Radiolab adventures right on the edge of what we think we know, wherever you get podcasts. This is all of it. I'm Allison Stewart, live from the WNYC studios in Soho. Thank you for sharing part of your day with us. Whether you're listening on the radio, live streaming, or on demand, I'm grateful you're here. On the Today Show, we'll speak with the filmmakers behind Scream 6. Historian and now novelist Dan Jones will join us to talk about his latest book, Essex Dogs. And we'll hear from two-time Oscar winner and current nominee Kate Blanchett and director Todd Fields about the Oscar-nominated film Tar. That's the plan, so let's get this started with The Seagull. Woodstock, New York. On your average checkoff bingo card, you'll find a doctor, a teacher, a countryside setting, and someone whose name sounds like Asha. All of the above are in Thomas Bradshaw's adaptation of Chekhov's classic, The Seagull. The time is basically the present at a country home in the Hudson Valley, Woodstock, New York, where upper-middle-class families, friends, and lovers want more and more even though they have so much. In this adaptation, Irene is a well-known stage actress. Just ask her, or don't. She'll let you know anyway. She's played with hilarious gusto by Parker Posey. Her lover, William, is a charismatic but emotionally shady writer of note, played by Otto (laughs) Essendo. Irene's son, Kevin, is a Nepo baby in the making. He wants to be a groundbreaking playwright and wants his mom's friends to help him, but he's weighed down by mediocre talent and self-delusion and, in darker moments, clearly depression. Kevin is dating and obsessed with a young local actress named Nina, who shines from within and attracts almost everyone, including her boyfriend's mother's boyfriend, that writer dude. Add another layer that Nina and her secret lover William are black in a world of white bourgeoisie bohemians. A lot of truth is told through some very funny jokes and some very sad truth. The new group production of The Seagull Woodstock, New York, is playing now at the Pershing Square Signature Center. Reviews have called it devilishly fun and fresh and intriguing. Joining us now in studio, Thomas Bradshaw, the playwright. Thomas, nice to meet you again. Nice to meet. Uh, nice to see you again. And actors who play the couple, Irene and William Parker Posey and Otto Essendo. Parker and Otto, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So this is a question for the group. It's a it's a journalism one one question. Very obvious. Thomas, I'll start with you. Mm. What was your first experience with the seagull? Oh, 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 that's that's an amazing. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting question. Um, I actually hadn't thought about that, but <laughs> <laughs> but I but funny enough, my wife and I's first date was um, uh, standing outside all night um, waiting for tickets for Shakespeare in the Park at the Public Theater when it was done 
and you know with I Philip Seymour Hoffman, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, in in uh, in 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 two thousand and one. Um, so so that's the first time I remember seeing the play. I may have seen some community theater version of it, but um, uh, but so so the seagull. I have really great memories of that, and also some really wealthy people. Um, you know, paid us a hundred dollars each to give us our th- guess, give them their extra ticket mm. for the Shakespeare in the Park show. So I made some money then. That's a good memory. <laughs> Listening right now, note yeah. to self: yeah. summer gig. Right? <laughs> Parker, how about for you? Um, I I went to uh, the drama program at SUNY Purchase, mm-hmm. and uh, I had this Chekhov, Ibsen Shaw teacher named Joan Potter, mm-hmm. and. As actors in theater, you know, Chekhov was the progenitor of what we know as modern theater. And Thomas so expertly and geniusly inhabits this new um, adaptation. So for me, it's like the bones of, you know, humor and pathos and uh, characters speaking through their hearts with a certain amount of narcissism and... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and expression and as my teacher Joan Potter would say you know there's a way they're they're laughing and crying at the same time mm-hmm. you know and there's a beauty to the human condition and there's a hilarity to it and what uh, the anecdote I love about Chekhov is that when he wrote this play, he wrote it as a comedy, and the actors ruined it. <laughs> and they went out on stage doing that, you know, proclamation, two-dimensional mm-hmm. type of, you know, that arrogant acting where they're to like, um, you know, these big gestures and shouting above everyone else, and he's like. He was so upset by the drama and tragedy of it that he ended up in the hospital with some kind of disease. Mm. And then um, I had been reading this book called The Method by Isaac Butler about the history of method acting and really loved it. And I shared, you know, what I was reading with everyone when we were rehearsing this. Um, So Stanislavski and the Moscow Art Theater, which, of course, brought the method to Mm -hmm. this country, were... uh, he said, let's go beg Chekhov to bring that play back <laughs> to the Moscow Art Theater. And uh, he was like, no, not in your not life. No, not doing it. That was the worst experience <laughs> in my life. I don't know if he was dating um, Olivia Nipper, whatever. I forget her name. is. She was the leading actress mm-hmm. at the Moscow Art Theater at that mm-hmm. time. But they were all in cahoots. They were all going upstate. They were having affairs. Chekhov and his writer friend were, you know, in love with the same young actress. Um, there was all this scandal in modern life, love, yeah. lifestyle, right? They were really pushing the envelope. So cool right now in doing this play is how we're still kind of the same. Like, we're still pushing it, the same. And with Chekhov, it's like, it's about that yearning, and it's about that acceptance, and that optimism, and that desire, and our limits, and our Mm. hope, Mm. and all these beautiful things. Mm. So it's been, I've cherished it. Mm. Atta, when would you first experience the seagull? Uh, kind of the same with Parker. Um, in my acting class, um, I was at the acting studio under James Price, and I saw a production of it. And 
um, like everybody else, I think at the time, I didn't know Chekhov was supposed to be funny. So mm-hmm. I was like, this play about the bird, and everybody's like talking about the bird, and then suddenly they're not, and then it's like really sad, and then something sad happens at the end. <laughs> this is like a funeral dirge. So when I was when I read Thomas's adaptation, I was like, this is really funny, and I thought he was being so iconoclast, like I didn't understand. And then I I, I started to understand that well, no, the Chekhov original play is supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be about these narcissistic people in a really great way to look at these human beings and how they exist. Yeah. And if you play it with the love that Parker is talking about, then the comedy comes out. But if you're playing it like it's a funeral dirge, that's the problem. So right. this is great. Um, I love how Thomas like stayed with the beats of the play, mm-hmm. but updated it so that an American audience would really understand mm-hmm. what's going on. And that's what I love about doing this play. <laughs> like when I tell Nina, just casually as she's leaving, your father's worse than Stalin. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> Kevin, I ordered generals. Yes, yeah, it's oh, his favorite. It's my, oh my God. Why didn't you say Kung Pao? Kevin, I ordered Kung Pao. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> generals is hysterical. So, Thomas, there's been this exodus to the Hudson Valley from yes. New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Why did you choose Woodstock? As a location, uh, well, you know, I've, 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 you know, I went to school at um, Bard College in upstate New mm-hmm. York, so, so I know the area well. But also, um, you know, before my wife and I had children, we really had a dream of having keeping our small Brooklyn apartment and buying a house upstate. And we, we actually put in offers on three different houses, but, uh, but all of them fell through, which was actually a blessing in disguise because as soon as the last one fell through. We found out that we were pregnant with our first kid, mm. so we bought a house in West Orange, New Jersey, instead because <laughs> that would not have been, been a good plan having a small, you know, Brooklyn apartment and a, and a house of state. Mm. Um, uh, you know, so 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 one of my goals was really to um, make this relevant for for modern audience, and um, uh, and and you know, I I wanted to really set it in. Um, you know, 21st century America, and, 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 and I wanted all the characters to be struggling with and grappling with all the issues that we're grappling mm-hmm. with today as a, as a society. Um, so, so, you know, it, it was really the first idea that I had when, when Scott approached me about um, writing an adaptation that we should totally set this in the Hudson Valley, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and another goal of mine with this adaptation is that, you know, I wanted... I want, uh, you know, a modern audience be, to be able to experience the play the way that Chekhov's audience in Russia would mm-hmm. have been experienced it mm-hmm. then. So, you know, that all that went into choosing mm-hmm. that location. It's interesting because there's that push and pull between the country and the city. Yeah. That when they get angry or upset about something, like, I'm going back to the city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's this place. It's not me. It's this place. It's, that's, that's the problem. Yeah, Irene has this great line um, that I wait for every night where she, she's upset and she's going to leave and she's like, I'm leaving tonight. <laughs> this place makes me miserable. And we always, like, talk after that moment it's like it's so well written because she's making such a declarative like queenly statement when you can just be like well i'm 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 gonna go home now you know what i mean like (laughs) nobody talks like that unless there are these she's really emotionally immature and dramatic exactly (laughs) you know and that's what's so fun is the drama of this play and being you know the it's like scott was telling us during rehearsals like these people are burning Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um that's what the fun is of of theater, yeah. to be able yeah. to inhabit that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, and 
and just regarding your first question, I mean, I, I did I did read Chekhov in college. That's that's when I first encountered it. But you know, I've been teaching Chekhov for twenty years. You mm-hmm. know, I'm uh, I was a professor at City University of New York for um, ten years before moving to Northwestern University. So, you know, um, uh, you know, it's really something that I've always wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We are talking about the Seagull Woodstock, New York, which is now at Pershing Square Signature Center until April 9th. I'm speaking with playwright Thomas Bradshaw and actors Parker Posey and Otto Essendo. So in the play, I believe it's Irene says, we are codependent in a good way, <laughs> this couple. Mm-hmm. Um, what is working in their relationship and what is not, Parker? Um, their desire is working very well mm-hmm. in spite mm-hmm. of his affairs and his... Uh, modern look. I think they both um, inspire each other. I think they need to feel alive, and um, which was why I was so happy when I met Otto that first day of like, I, I don't know, I could just tell he had this dignity and um, sense of self mm-hmm. um, that it was... Uh, Irene has made the rules in this relationship, and he has agreed to them. Mm-hmm. And he, she's accepted a lot of things. But one thing that he, um, that she's not going to accept, and a boundary that he's crossing for uh, whatever reason, whether it's to, uh, whatever reason. This mm-hmm. is what's so fascinating about people. Why can he not stop himself from being in love with my? with the woman that my son is mm-hmm. in love with. Mm-hmm. And this is what great dramas and plays mm-hmm. are about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, um, so yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. What's important to William when we meet him? Well, I think that William, um, he leads with a philosophy in life. And what I found uh, very um, exciting to try to play is like there is the philosophy in practice and then the philosophy in theory. In mm-hmm. theory, yes, we have this open relationship. I can have sex with whoever I want. Um, we're cool with that. You've set up the rules. This is it. But then when we come against the gray edge of humanity, when you have to look at your lover in the eye and say, I want to do this and see her heartbreak, how how stringently are you going to um, stick to those Mm. rules? Mm -hmm. And that's the breaking point. That's what happens in that scene that I love playing with Parker when we have that confrontation because it's like there is the reality of your theory, which is really nice, but then in practice, how are you going to tell the woman that you love that this is what you want and how are you going to go through it? And that's what I think one of the struggles is. The choice, you know, Mm -hmm. is it a choice? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. Thomas, are your two characters good at their jobs. Is this Irene a good actress and is this William a good writer? I I do think I I mean I I love all the characters that I write and I do think that um Irene is a very good actress and I think that I think that William is a very good writer. Though, you know, I mean uh uh I'm a writer and you know, <laughs> you have no choice regarding what people think of your work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. as we hear in the play, people have differing opinions mm-hmm. <laughs> about, yes. about 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 mm-hmm. whether William is a great writer mm-hmm. or not. And, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, it's it's not for me to say which is true, but I think he's a good writer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does mm-hmm. William think he's a good writer? Oh, William you're... thinks he's amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. He has the reviews to prove it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. Guggenheim yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah, the mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And mean, he's worked really hard. Yeah, and there's, oh. he's sold a ton of books, as he says. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But I think that there's always that like that uncertainty. What what I love about this play as well is that every character says something sort of truthful about another character when they're off stage. So I love when Kevin is talking about my writing. I hear it. Mm. I mean, I'm not supposed to hear that part, but like he is trying to bring writing to another level. And so maybe I'm writing some sappy stuff that he doesn't like really believe in. And so I'm thinking, is Kevin a good writer? Maybe Mm -hmm. he is. Maybe Kevin is actually the smartest Mm. person in this room. And he's trying to bring writing to another level that I can't because I have such commercial success. So I can't sort of be that daredevil like I might have been back in the day. So it's a real sort of, it's a real, it's really yeah. such a multi-layered, threaded play yeah. that there's so many nooks and crannies about everything in this play that you could play it in a, a thousand mm-hmm. different ways, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah, well, and, 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 and there's so many conversations about art in the play, you mm-hmm. know, like as an artist, mm-hmm. do you push yourself to do something new mm-hmm. or... Or, or or you keep doing the same thing yeah. that's been bringing you um, uh, success, yeah. you know. And the, mm-hmm. you know, you know, one of my uh, north stars as far as uh, you know, artists is concerned is, um, you know, is Bob Dylan because mm-hmm. you know he's just always pushing mm-hmm. himself yeah. and changing mm-hmm. and constantly producing. Yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. for yeah. me it was Prince. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Prince same thing. Is a, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, I've I've been reading uh, the Rolling Stone. Um, special issue of of, Ooh, of Prince. I, yes. I love Prince so much. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Dylan gets a shout out in the play. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he does. It's you know Irene is such a na- uh, name dropper as mm. we we follow her through, um, and she's very into her clothing, very specific kind of clothing. Is there a certain costume, Parker, that really helps you feel like Irene? Um. You know, I, I, I would wear this character skirt, you know, actors rehearse in this, these um, way back in the day in the 80s. Um, there are these like long black character skirts and you'd wear these like uh, buttoned up collars and you do your classic theater kind of work. And I loved that. Um, that old school mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's like if you wear a skirt, whether you're in dress and what the shoes are. Um what was your question? <laughs> of, your, of your costumes. Is oh, what am I costumes? Oh, you know what? I I I wasn't um I, I got in touch with a designer who I've known for like twenty five years and her name is Rachel Comey. And um she's a New York designer and she supports New York uh, you know, tailors and um, she's got a great team and you know, William and Irene are these New York chic, mm-hmm. you know, urban couple. So I, I just I called her up because we only had three weeks of rehearsal for this play. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. So wow. you know, reading that book and <laughs> hearing like the hundred and seventy five days that you know the Moscow Art Theater actors had to inhabit <laughs> their <laughs> their characters and bring what? life onto the stage. It's it's really kind of um, wild to think that there's just so little time given to. 
um, you know, wardrobe and props and blocking and yeah. and all of that. Mm-hmm. So um, you're kind of, but I'm used to that from all the independent movies that I've done. So I just picked up the phone. I was like, okay, yeah. who, who can who can I call right now to, to help to help me out? Mm. The upside of the short time, though, mm. sometimes is you can't get precious mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're on time. You well, have that's make, the thing about you know being fast. an mm-hmm. artist. It's yeah. like the obstacles you welcome them, and that's mm-hmm. the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love I love that, which is why I do a lot of independent movies. Too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was a little nervous about two days before the first preview about whether we were ready. But tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, it was kind yeah. of crazy yeah. because we were essentially thrown in um, to live rehearsals in the in the previews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without, um, you know, the right props. Like I had a thermos, camp camp thermos for my <laughs> cocktail shaker. Mm-hmm. And I think because of COVID and how communication has kind of, you know, you have to ask for the same things like three times. Mm-hmm. People were just coming out of the woodwork, really. Yeah. So you need those things to really ground you. Mm-hmm. And um, but I'm so impressed with with everybody and, yeah. and how far we've come and how how much we were able to really jump in. Yeah. Yeah. Thomas, in the play, race comes up. William and Nina discuss about how thinking about race can either sort of contract what you think's available to you or expand what you think's available to you. It comes up in a fight between Irene and William. Mm -hmm. When did you know you were going to introduce race into the seagull? Uh, Well, you know, uh, for me, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I have written some plays actually that that are all white casts, um, but even when, but even when I, I'm, I'm writing a play that's all white cast, race is still an element. I mean, you know, you know, just mm-hmm. by virtue that you know that a black man is is is, is writing these white characters, but um, you know, for me, and you know, if if it's going to take place today, if mm-hmm. it's actually going to be a modern adaptation, then it has to include race because you know race is such an important part of. Uh, of the American story, you know, mm-hmm. it's it's it, it's something that we're um, is, is constantly on the American mind, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, in, in, in regarding what is um, you know you know you know said about race, you know, in my play, you know, I always strive to um, uh, present a range of 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 issues, you know, mm-hmm. you know, kind of really replicate, you know, the debate that I see going on into the world, but without the playwright's hand telling you. What to think mm-hmm. or what not to think? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know, not um, you know, you're not providing these messages, you know, for the audience. Because um, you know, I, I have this, uh, you know, belief that um, I mean, I consider the plays I write to be art, and you know, I think for um, something to rise to the level of art, it needs it has to leave room for audience interpretation. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. If there's no room for audience interpretation, then it's propaganda. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. We have so much of that yeah. going on yeah. in the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, I say it all the time. Like, And people love work like that and movies like mm-hmm. that and shows like that. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's propaganda. Yeah. And they don't understand what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, and as far as I'm concerned, you know, look, you know, look, I'm a professor. If, you know, why write a play if 
there's just a clear message that I want to deliver to people. Yeah. I can get up to give a speech. Yeah. Right. Just go around yeah. and give a speech. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot less work, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. a lot less money. Run for office. <laughs> for music yeah. Yeah. Theater. Yeah. 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 Run for office. Yeah. Maybe I will. Yeah. Well, here we go. You never know. Yeah. Um, Parker and Otto, this, it's a thrust stage. The mm-hmm. audience is on three sides. Mm-hmm. How does that impact your performance? You know, it's, uh, it's something I think about all the time because there's a lot of times where you feel like you have and you actually have your back to the audience. And so you have to come up with a way bodily and physically to give everybody your face in mm-hmm. a way that looks organic, that doesn't look like you're trying to give the face. So it's really interesting. And and talking, I'm going to talk about Parker for a second. The thing, one I, thing that I love about her and her acting, in, I've seen her in a ton of th- things, and she's one of my favorite actresses in the world. Um, and, and I think I know what her superpower is. Like, she is such a physicality that mm-hmm. every choice that she makes is not cerebral. It is actually a physical manifestation. So I clock how she makes choices, and it comes fully in her body. And in the thrust, it's almost like it, it's such a wonderful performance that if you're looking at it, you're like, oh, my God, every single word does something else to her body, every single emotion. And it's never really the same. Hmm. It's just where she is in the moment. And that's the thing, because I'm a, I'm a thief. When I'm in <laughs> rehearsal, I look at everybody who's acting, no matter what the level I think they are, and I'm writing down notes. And for Parker, I was like, body, body, body. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, every there's no wasted motion it's beautiful. So anyway, that's, yeah. that's you never. So yeah. I thought that you never stop moving. N- never stop. Your moving, body yeah. is all constantly yeah. in motion. She's during the play. a dramatic actress. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's like a, I, there's so much, uh, there's so much going on in the play for her. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I've thought in my process doing this, it's been a conversation about what is it to, to be an an actor, mm-hmm. and I have felt like a generator. I mm-hmm. feel like a generator, mm-hmm. like in a movie moving water around, mm-hmm. you know, and in and shooting it out and surfing it and 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 in a thrust you know, I started out as a dancer, and I love, like, movement, of and I love bringing dancer. meaning ah. to words <laughs> and, and having them feel and having them, you know, back to Chekhov and, like, mm. the psychological gesture, mm. having them really affect your body mm. and show people in the theater who don't have that body mm. kind of, you know, whatever that expression mm. of what that looks like so that they have, like, an image in their heads. They mm-hmm. go, like... Like, one of my friends who saw the play was like, I'll never, that's imprinted in my mind when you're, like, pounding the stage. Mm-hmm. That's like a, that you're corner. like a lioness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like it was, you know, um, terrifying and wild. Or It's so you just, like, I love thinking like that from the outside mm-hmm. in and the inside mm-hmm. out. And that's what theater can do, mm-hmm. to as an actor. Yeah. That's what, that's the exercise. Mm-hmm. That's the catharsis. That's yeah. the experience. Mm-hmm. So it's really rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On my Zoom right now, Parker, is the new production team for Scream 6. <laughs> who we're going to talk to next. <laughs> do you Why have they, I, oh, I wish they hadn't killed me. You know, I, begged, I begged Wes. I was like, please. And then I'm like, always for, you know, alternate universe. I'm like, please, just, you know, can we can we have a Scream 3 in Dreams and, and Gail can come back and they're in some astral plane and she's like working and 
cast, you know, a newscaster, whatever she was. <laughs> hey, you guys, Scream 6. Yeah, bring me back. Figure it out. <laughs> Come on, figure it out. I'll, I'll follow up on that for you after, after the break. Thanks. We've been talking about the Seagull Woodstock, New York. It is at Pershing Square Signature Center until April 9th. My guests have been Thomas Bradshaw, Parker Posey, and Otto Essendo. Thank you so much for coming into the studio. Really appreciate it. Oh, thanks Thank for you. Having us. Thanks for having us. WNYC Studios is brought to you by Zbiotics. Seize the day after a night of drinks with Zbiotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink. Zbiotics was invented by PhD scientists to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is most responsible for making you feel crummy the next day. Drink Zbiotics before your first drink, drink responsibly, and you'll wake up refreshed and ready to take on the day. Try it for yourself at zbiotics.com/wnyc and get 15% off your first order when you use WNYC at checkout. That's zbiotics.com/wnyc and use the code WNYC at checkout for 15% off.